Abel, Abel, wake up! You'll never believe what's going on. Abel, we've we've discovered how the the, the scroll works. The the scroll of the floor of Donatus. My finger, Abel. My finger is the key. Y- yes, the little one. The little one with the the, the griggly finger. The tiny half-legged finger. I got caught in a scroll after I scratched it, and then a portal. Oh, Abel, it's underneath our feet. Our very feet, Abel. We're going to be able to go anywhere in the Breen. The Breen is our oyster, Abel. Are you awake yet? Abel? Abel. What happened? Oh, God damn it! Time for Dungeon Dads. He will cry. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I, I am so excited about this week. We got all the gang back together. Yeah, we all here. That's right. That's right. Uh, we are joined this week by John Watson playing the wizard with a tiny, tiny, tiny finger. Man, I hated that finger until last episode. <laughs> We've got Tim Carr, who's playing Filnir Omagyra, the warlock who now knows how to cast synaptic static. Yes, and how to make uh, Jonas appreciate his little finger. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. This is how you flick it, John. This is how you flick no, no. it. That finger. <laughs> and sam frank oh man we missed you so much (laughs) good to be back back. um so i did i took a risk which may be bad for me but may be good for the story which is i did not listen to last week's episode (laughs) so when we just when we just told you what happened you just heard what happened yeah wow Mm -hmm. okay As as will continue. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, that's great. Um, so so you guys have just woken up, Abel. Um, I will leave the uh, the the prologue a little bit uh, open ended. I will say though that as you are getting Abel up, I'm assuming Filnir, you're going to be cooking some breakfast, uh, getting things moving that direction. You will start with a with a with a short rest and Abel. Now you didn't listen last okay. time, so here is the thing, and I may have uh, I may have uh, signaled this to you somewhat. Uh, while you were sleeping, uh, your God was communicating with you, and you were sort of figuring out what has been going on, and you were remembering your past in ways that you had not before, and you have leveled up to level ten while okay. in your sleep. Not the best thing that's happened to me while I was sleeping, but pretty good. (laughs) Save that for the bonus. (laughs) Um, But here's the kicker. Uh, Abel communicated with you something, and he transferred some knowledge to you that will likely be... (laughs) Tempest, sorry. Tempest uh, uh, translated some knowledge to you that is likely going to be super useful uh, for one of your teammates. Um, And uh, I will let you uh, decide when you share that knowledge. 
and uh, how you share that knowledge with your uh, with your with your colleague. But fellas, tell me what you're doing. Well, you said we get a short rest, right? So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna I get my spells back. Um, gonna take some hit dice. Yeah, um, seriously. And then uh, I think I have to send Pawson on another expedition to go find some food because uh, we are out of rations. Uh, we have a campfire. Uh, and two of those backpacks had rations in them. Oh, two of, that you found oh, nice, under nice. things. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So we'll then we'll eat. Yeah. Well, glad you found breakfast. <laughs> That's a, you guys must have had a productive morning. Uh, well, we managed to survive getting ourselves into some trouble. Um, so, uh, as we mentioned, we figured out how the scroll works, and there is actually a teleportation circle immediately beneath us under the temple, um, which we can activate. And using the scroll, we can open a portal. Uh, and go to the other end of it. The problem is we don't know where any of the portals go. We have to essentially spell the name of the gate we want to open. Um, so we spelled the word Grigley. If you see it here on the scroll, it spells Grigley. Uh, and it opened somewhere. We did not go through it because as soon as we opened it, some people jumped in, uh, or rather one wizard set on finding some help for Lady Lewatil that decided we were not that help and tried to kill us. Fellas, this is a lot to hit somebody with first thing in the morning. <laughs> sorry. We are, we are sorry. Abel. Is there, did you spot, did you, it's, it's awful grass. Did, are there any trees around here? Can we get some good bark, get a tea going? <laughs> uh, not many trees. Um, uh, Master Abel, I, I saw a tree far in the distance uh, how much bark do you need from it it won't take me long uh well you know three three strips as long as my arm oh wait guys is rary still going how long does it last it lasts an hour right so if we had a uh, short yeah. rest it's gone yeah it's gone how long was i asleep yeah what time is it tom how far how much longer did we have to wait for abel it's about noon Let's, wow. let, yeah, let's, it's about, it's about noon. I had the strangest dream. What did you dream? I was an innkeeper in a small town populated by, uh, lovable, but comedic characters. <laughs> <laughs> How <I'm> sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> they were, you know. Uh, they were all kind of oddballs, but in a way that made them uh, fun to interact with. Interesting. Yeah, it was. Boy, felt like felt like multiple seasons passed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. But I oh. Well, Tempest spoke to me in my dream. What did you say? He he had a message for you, Jonas. For me? He he phrased it as uh, something that could help us help us in our in our travels in our and our goals to possibly help Tempest. But you know everything he gives you is as a double edged sword. But well. 
he explained the ritual like this, and I sort of demonstrate some some wizardly gestures, you know, some uh, somatic components. <laughs> and then I say, and then as as you do this, you have to say, these fine stockings are just my size. Now I command the dead to rise. <laughs> This is what he told me. <laughs> I I am I'm sorry. Shall I demonstrate again? Uh, well, b- before you do, <laughs> just just a question. Um the dead to rise. So so now is is this some sort of necromantic magic? He gave me the impression that uh Death would no longer be a barrier to soldiers fighting for our cause, at least in this small and limited way. So I dance around like a fool. You perform these uh, uh, somatic wizardly gestures. Sure, sure. And, And soldiers who have died will stand up and fight for me. Uh... That is as I have yet to... Well, the verbal component is very important. Oh, there's a verbal component? (laughs) Aside from the I command the dead to rise or... No, these these fine stockings are just my size. Now I command the dead to rise. He was very very clear on that point. Those are the exact words that must be spoken. So, John, I would like for you to give me an arcana check... (laughs) <laughs> on, 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 on what Sam is telling you. Okay, here we go. Here we go. That's a 14. So about half of what Abel showed you on his hand motions are 100% correct. And the other half are wrong, but you totally get it. You can see the way his fingers are dancing and he's using the wrong finger in one place. And, you know, the the sign language for the J uh, is is in there and it actually should be sort of pointing at like something. And so, you know, like how to target this stuff. And you're just going to have to take his word for it that this uh, your stockings, your stockings are just your size. This magic comes from Tempest. Yeah, you know he uh, he has strange requirements sometimes. And uh, and and so you you will you will get uh, uh, this the promised spell at level up of Dance Macabre. Oh my gosh! And, <laughs> and if you spend the rest of your short rest, uh, sort of translating this into your spell book, it will not cost you any gold to to write this in your spell book. Uh, you will you will have it. You will figure it out. And this is the fifth level spell, Dance Macabre. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, um, thank you, Abel. I will. Uh, I, I think I am getting a sense of what you're doing, and uh, think I'm going to think I'm going to uh, sit over here and and uh, get a sense of it. Try to figure it out. Um, thank you for that piece of information. Um, while I'm doing that, could you please pack my bedroll? I appreciate your humor, but I I want to make something very clear about about Tempest's aid here. I don't think you have to be wearing fine stockings for it to work. I'm just I just have to say it. You just have to say it. 
Yeah. <laughs> all right. That that tempest is always he never gives anything for free, does he? Never it? a straight line uh, with him, is it? I will um yes, I will uh, I will I will work on that. Boy, sometimes it's enough to make a man wanna go up on the mountain and be a hermit <laughs> just to get away from it. <laughs> I, I am beginning to understand you a lot more able. Uh thank you. Um you want to talk level 10 level up real quick? Yep. Yep. Let's hear it. You have one right. really excellent uh, uh, ability, which lines up to what you have just done Indeed. with your uh, thing. So so first off, I am going to take my average hit points All right. again. <laughs> I see the wisdom in this. I think I might start doing this in Mountain City Mayhem as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's not as much fun, but... Um, so that means I get five uh, plus my two from tough. Awesome. So that's seven, taking me to 71 hit points. Damn. Um, nice. I also get a new cantrip. Ooh. Now, this is not necessarily super exciting, I think, for a lot of people, but... The amount of times on this podcast I've said, damn, I wish I had thaumaturgy. <laughs> Why didn't I take thaumaturgy? <laughs> what what was what's wrong with me? This is the greatest cantrip of all time. I'm I'm taking that. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Now does thaumaturgy let you start a fire? It does not. Shall I read it? Nah. It says, you manifest a minor wonder, a sign of supernatural power within range. That's me. I'm all about signs of supernatural mm-hmm. power. Yep. Your voice. This is the one I like best. Your voice booms up to three times as loud as normal for one minute. That one's really handy. <laughs> you cause flames to flicker, brighten, dim, or change color for one minute. That seems like more of a Phil Near thing. Yeah. I, you know, I may do it, but it's really, that's more up his alley. You cause harmless tremors in the ground for one minute. That's, <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah. You create an instantaneous sound that originates from a point of your choice within range, such, a, such as a rumble of thunder, the cry of a raven, or ominous whispers. <laughs> I love it. Okay. You instantaneously cause an unlocked door or window to fly open or slam shut, or you alter the appearance of your eyes for one minute. So like, you know, being able to give yourself like flaming red eyes and a booming voice and the ground shakes at your step. You've been wanting this for many episodes. It's true. I know. <laughs> it's true. I know. It is, um, I would venture so far as to say it's my favorite cantrip. Yeah. And, you know, only, only a rigid um, literal mindedness and practicality, which is normally anathema to me. <sighs> has kept me from taking it before. Huh. Mm. That's interesting. Do you think that has anything to do with your original constitution role? <laughs> yeah, where I felt like, oh gosh, I've got to... I have to maximize I've really <laughs> the I've really got to do some maxing on this now. <laughs> Every cantrip now must keep me from dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other uh, thing I get at level 10 is divine intervention. And this is badass. Which is... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's sort of a Hail Mary. But uh, beginning at 10th level, you can call in your D. De- and this is nice. This is, you know, good and thematic for uh, for this moment. Beginning at 10th level, you can call on your deity to intervene on your behalf when your need is great. 
Imploring your deity's aid requires you to use your action. Describe the assistance you seek and roll percentile dice. If you roll a number equal to or lower than your cleric level, your deity intervenes. The DM chooses the nature of the intervention. The effect of any cleric spell or cleric domain spell would be appropriate. Um, if your deity intervenes, you can't use this feature again for seven days. Blah, blah, blah. Otherwise, you can use it again after you finish one. But no worry of um, going insane from the use of this uh, ability the way one might with something like a wish. So it's sort of, it's not as regular as a wish, but. It's only, so like right now, it's only got a 10% chance of working. Yep. Um, at 20th level, your call for intervention succeeds automatically. No roll. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. So you that's go from awesome. 19% chance of success to 100. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so anyway, divine intervention. So, uh, so you're going to, I'll say, uh, so, um, Tempest is an eye. We sort of patch things up. I mean, not all the way, you know, but we've reached a, uh, a detente of sorts. That's an old Elvish word. <laughs> it means, uh, means a, ces- a cessation of hostilities. Glad to hear that, Abel. Um, it, 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 I'm still confused about how your relationship works with him, with him being trapped in the stone, but you seem to be well, and I've seen you. You're very impressive in battle, so. Well, say la vie. That's also an old Elvish phrase. <laughs> <laughs> also, why ask why? Try bud dry. Um... <laughs> You know, the ways of gods are sometimes beyond us mere mortals. Apparently. I've learned not to ask too many questions. But also not too few questions. (laughs) You want to ask just the right number of questions. (laughs) Uh. Thank you. Wait, this is, is that enough for an inspiring reader? <laughs> That's it. That's good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're getting some temp hit points as well. Get your temp hit points. How many do we get again? Oh, I had to double check because yeah, I went up a 10. level. It's now. 10 plus your uh, charisma modifier, right? No, your level plus your charisma modifier. Right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. 10 plus my charisma modifier. So wow. Right. Some sweet stuff. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so as you're giving that speech, uh, and I'm assuming Pawson is also listening to it and thinking this is also sounding great, you know, you see, the mysteries of the gods are not really for us to understand, yeah. but to experience uh-huh. yet. Sometimes you have to ask some questions at the edges of those mysteries in order to experience master. Listen, Abel speaking master, listen, <laughs> put the bacon down. <laughs> No, no, Phil Near, don't put the bacon down. <laughs> listen, 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 and cook. So, a, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as you finish, uh, Pawson, his ears perk up and he sniffs at the air. Many people, not far. Pawson, check. And he darts Wait, off. Pause it. Wait, uh, yeah. In your nose good enough to get them when they're far. 
I, the rock up there. Do you see the rock? And he's, he's, it's the place he was eating his, uh, Durger snack, John and mm-hmm. uh, Tim. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, I can see from there. Wait, wait, did I hear something about teleportation circles? <laughs> we'll, yes, we'll explain it to you. Um, I'll send Saber with you, Possum. I'll send Saber. Oh, with you. Okay. Oh, okay. And Sa- can Saber ride on Possum's back? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so, so that happens. They're like 800 feet away, <laughs> 1,000 awesome. feet away. And he climbs up on top of the stone and he's like looking out. Um, and, uh, and, they start walking back slowly. He's not sprinting anymore. Oh, okay. While they're, while they're coming back, yes, Abel, what we were trying to tell you is there is a giant teleportation circle directly beneath our feet. And Fildir and I went to, went to investigate it. And it seemed to have the letters on the back of it. If you can see here on the, uh, on the, the diagram here, it says Trip God. This apparently is the Trip God teleportation circle. Do you feel like that's extraordinarily lucky or extraordinarily unlucky? We are still trying to find that out. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> Wait, wasn't Mr. Percy supposed to come back? He comes back at midnight tonight. Okay. So we need to wait here for him. Uh, as long as we have the chest, it, it doesn't matter where we are. I see. Um, but I would like to have a relatively safe place so that we can concentrate on getting him out of the chest. Yes. Is there any indication of where the other circles might be? Well, I've been thinking about that. Um, we we do not necessarily know. And as Filner and I found out, it is quite dangerous to just experiment. I, um, I think it's time to give Sil Moonbrook a favor. To give her a favor? She is a wealth of knowledge. She will probably know more about these circles than we do. and uh, But at the same time, I think she's done more for us than she would like. Perhaps. What would you offer her? I suppose we should ask what she would want for. I, I would like to reach out to her and find out if there's anything we can offer her. Well, it seems like uh, all roads lead to Felipe Madamba and the Ryan Mighty. I think you're right. Ma- master, so, master. Yes, Paulson. Uh, it's two hundred, maybe more. Two hundred. Uh, their families, uh, uh, travelers. It's a caravan. It's a caravan coming from the north. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Saber hit me with all the images. Yeah. So you see, kind of what Paulson said. It's um, uh, it, it's a mix of people. Uh, there are several horses and wagons, but the, here's the one thing that's weird that you immediately notice is that not a single person who is in this caravan is riding on a horse or riding in a wagon. Um, and this kind of just stuff in the, in, in, in the wagons. And, uh, and, and he sort of had trained his eyes on one person in particular, and uh, there's, I mean, he's a, he's a dwarf, and even though it's noon here, uh, the light had dimmed around him in a fifty to sixty foot radius, and he inside of that dark, that dim light was kind of 
glowing. And uh, and so even Saber sort of had trained his eyes on him and not so much the other folks, mostly dwarves in this group of some elves, a couple of humans, a couple of maybe half elves. It's hard to tell. They're wearing cloaks. Uh, they do not look like they're made for war. This does not look like a uh, uh, like a like a army by any means. Did it look like they were coming from a particular direction? North. They were coming north. Uh, you know, Robert's gift where you got on, you got on at one of the easternmost spots. And uh, you're now about a third of the way on to Robert's gift. Robert's gift goes north for probably 20 miles before it falls off. So they're coming from that general direction, heading heading south, heading in kind of toward you. Okay. Well... I think for Mr. Percy, we are safer here than if we set up camp somewhere along the road. But I'm not opposed to moving. We just can't say what we'll find in seven or eight hours. Um, but this caravan seems like refugees or a large group of travelers. Very large. Well, I'm a, I'm a little concerned uh, as to the direction they're coming um they're coming from is that where we wanted to go tom ryan no you're 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 gonna be going west okay so you're gonna you're gonna if you if you stay on this path you're gonna head clear across robert's gift you're gonna completely um uh uh, navigate in the 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 longest direction across it and then that's gonna put you square in the woods that the three-way is in so you're you're not once you come off of the gift you're going to be probably 150 miles from Hark City and about 10 miles away from the Ryan Mighty. And to me, does this, uh, since they're coming from the north, um, does it does it feel like they're coming from Montaire? It probably, the, it's, it's the only city that direction that you know of. Uh-huh. You know, you, you've probably made this trip south to the Breen once in your life before sure. taking the thing. Sure. So like... There are settlements along the way, but this is, I mean, nothing big. Mm-hmm. Nothing big. Well, he's seen the caravan. Did they look like Monterans? Yes. They looked like Monterans. Okay. Some of them did. Some uh-huh. of them looked like Monterans. The guy in the front d- didn't look like anything you've ever seen before. I mean, he's a dwarf, but he did. I mean, he is. Uh, he's weird. He's weird he's weird <laughs> he's super hot <laughs> yeah yeah but he looks really he, doesn't look like it. yeah he looked really really old and and his dress was like you know it looked supernatural like it it looked like his cloak could have been leaves but they were definitely not leaves and he was and it, and everything was black like every every bit of clothing on him was was dark black but and yet he was glowing I have a feeling that we may need to find out where these people are going. I am not opposed to using some diplomacy, as you well know. So perhaps it is wise to discuss with whoever leads the caravan. Perhaps they have rations and other things that could be useful for us. We are short on food. I gotta say, fellas, this habit of running away from everybody we meet is going to be hard for me to break, <laughs> but uh, but maybe it's time to start breaking it. Well, the way I see it, if we are actually looking at stopping 
the unrest in this area. We we need to find out more. Maybe we have to stop acting like everyone is going to try to kill uh, us. Indeed. <laughs> find out more about what's actually going on and, and find out if there are people that might need help in this situation. This is- just like act like we belong here. Like it's not our first time at the road. At the, yeah. Um, well, I um, if there is trouble, I have the easiest time getting away. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, and I am from Montaire. I would not mind. Boy, that's a that's a real that's a load off my mind. <laughs> uh, King Silverwind. I've, that's a. Uh, I'm surely relieved that if if anything bad should happen, you'll be the first one out. <laughs> well, all I all all I mean to say, Abel, is that if I, I I would like to run and talk to them, if I do get into trouble, I can get myself out, and we can regroup. Might I make a suggestion, Ionis? Yes. Approach on a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> do I do I have ten minutes? Uh. Yeah, I mean they're they're walking, they're walking, and they're probably a mile away now. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll. Uh, so they're they're probably at the fastest. They're twenty minutes away from where you are now. At the very fastest. Okay. Yeah, it's a caravan. And uh, you might want to. And I just sort of gesture generally at his face and press the digital. <laughs> Oh, yes, 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 sure. So I did run into a little bit of trouble. So, yeah, I start giving myself a pat down, you know, as if I'm Mm -hmm. (laughs) putting putting water on my face or whatever. I just get cleaner and cleaner. And then I uh, make my make my unicorn, my spectral unicorn, and I head to the top of the hill where Pawson was. Is that will will I intercept them there or Uh, they will be able to see you there for sure. Uh, when they, when they get a little closer. Okay, so I'll I'll position myself at Ionis, the top. Put the sun at your back. <laughs> it will look majestic. <laughs> I don't know where the sun is right now. But <laughs> it's just overhead. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't know if I can do that. Never now. Use my shield to give him a little. Yeah. Thrill. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and I uh, before they before they get to me, um, I can't do it as impressively as Aragorn. So I'll use minor illusion, but I'll get to the I'll get to the top and I'll say, "Ho there! What news from Montaire?" So they are making their way, and you can just see this, like almost like a spherical bubble of dimness. It's not darkness; it's just dimness. It's almost like like the leader is always in a shadow, as though a cloud is like heading. It's just always staying somehow between him and the sun, except even above him about 50 feet. It's, it's sunny there. Hmm. Um, and, and, and he sort of stops and looks up at you and say, says, Oh, friend, are you traveling alone? I have plenty of room here in my, on my caravan, we head south. No, oh, that's that's very interesting. I'm actually on my way to meet some people, but uh, I wanted to see if there was any way I could be of service or find out if there was any grand news from Montaire. I long to see that city again. Mon- uh, as a matter of fact, most of our most of our uh, members here, the caravan, are are directly coming from Montaire. Even the ones who don't live there full time. Uh, um. He sort of looks up at the sky and says, Noon, it's... Uh, would you like to walk with us, friend? I, I don't like to stop before two o'clock. 
Can I, I like to have? I like to get a full day's walk. Can I run an Arcana check on him? Sure. Uh, that is a twenty-six. Oh, okay. Whoa. All right. <laughs> um, roll. Yeah, you haven't seen anyone who sort of oozes his kind of magic before. It is not arcane, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to be divine the way Abel's magic happens. If you if you had to guess. Uh, when you were in your younger days traveling, learning magic on your own, uh, you did see druids who could cast weather altering spells and things like that. And it's, it's most like that. Um, uh, and now that he's close, you got a 26. This is a pretty, this is a pretty high roll. So I'm going to give you a little bit more here. Now that you're close, you see that his cloak is actually, um, it's like very thin muslin. And and what you thought were leaves are actually constellations that are moving on the outside of his cloak. And and you you you, you know you haven't studied the stars enough to, to quite understand this, but but you can see that that uh, some of the constellations that you learned as a young man in sort of noble finishing school of Montaire, um, like are, have appeared like are on his, on his, uh, on his cloak. And in particular, you recognize the archer, uh, on, on his cloak as it sort of billows in the wind. Okay. Uh, he says, says uh, sir, uh, oh, oh, the one thing I will say to you is that many of our travelers, uh, many of our travelers follow, Garelta, are you familiar with that god? I am not. Uh, it's, she, she, is, she is quite an odd god. Um, she is the goddess of roads and distance. Uh, many of these dwarves had the option to travel in a much faster clip, but chose to walk instead, and I, I, I promised them that I would not ride uh, my, my, my animal companion who is, who is trotting back there at the back. And, and you see that he's... He's uh, using his head to show that there's a mule back there um, that's got saddlebags on it. And he says, uh, so uh, if, if I were you, I would, I would p- perhaps walk that fine spectral beast of yours. Uh, walk while I can still ride it? They will not be impressed if that is your goal. Uh, riding on a beast when your feet could carry you just as easily. Hmm. Indeed. I turn around. Do I see uh, Phil near and Abel? Yeah, you can see them. Are we? Are we just hanging at the top of the hill? Yeah, I figured we wouldn't be too far behind him. But yeah, I wouldn't get too close with Pawson. Yeah, but I think if if let's say that Jonas is sort of like crest of the hill on the rock, like we're standing, I think you know behind. Um, so when they get close, they could probably see your heads, but like you're not, so you're not hiding, but you're not like mm-hmm. up there with him. Right. We're being non-threatening. Okay. All right. I, I just, as I mean, as much as two badasses like <laughs> us can be non-threatening. <laughs> with a giant winter wolf behind <laughs> us. Yeah. Um, I'd say, well, uh, would, would you like to walk with them for a bit and find out what's happening? They seem friendly enough. Well, uh, I'm going to... All right. 
I shall dismount. I'm coming with some of my companions. Oh, sounds good. Come join us in the walk. Uh, and and uh, uh, so how much are you guys checking them out uh, from the hill? Oh, man, from head to toe. Head to toe. <laughs> Ocular pat down. Every single one of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here's the... Every single <laughs> individual. 216 one. people. Um, uh, Number you know. 143. Looking yeah, good today. Get, I'm just saying. Get in your seat. <laughs> get in your seat. Get your notebook ready. <laughs> get ready to get ready to take some notes. Um, uh, Filnir, um, DC five perception check. Uh, okay. Considering I have a plus five, you should have made that harder. But yeah, it's, uh, a 21. one. No, a one would have failed. I wanted. To, it's a. It's a. I didn't realize you had a plus five though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Twenty one. So. Filnir walking just behind this uh, um, uh, constellation shrouded uh, guide of this caravan, you see a half elf and this motherfucker, you know him really well. He was the docent of the Omnian consulate for five years and he left about two years ago. He was uh, he was sent on a mission to Montaire. His name is Bobby. And in the docent world, uh, on these on these consulates, uh, the the there's a there's really two classes: local hires, yeah, which is what you are, right? And then there are citizen docents. Who actually come from the city where their consulate that their consulate is representing, like the career guys, like the career guys, and Bobby. Everybody loves Bobby. Everybody loves Bobby. Uh, Bobby learned all the tricks, all the cultural uh, um, uh, ticks of 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 Lakeshire. Um, you never liked this motherfucker, and he <laughs> and he never liked you. Uh, he was he was always there with sort of a neg, you know, one of these like half compliments that was like trying to make you feel bad about not actually being from Neverwinter. So you see that guy and he's walking down with these people. Um, sort of a, like a nice cream puff. Is it your first time making them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really good try. Oh, my God. For someone who's never been to Neverwinter, it's interesting. Uh, like, like what made you decide to learn this, uh, this, this particular style of cooking? Just bored with your uh, local customs? I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm always I'm interested. Yeah. So that's Bobby. I don't want, we, don't, we don't want to step on the actual conversation <laughs> yeah. with Bobby. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, that's Bobby. Um, and then, and then you see that there are, um, uh, shopkeepers that you recognize that would come into Lakeshire during festival season. Okay. So they're kind of like the traveling, uh, um, this is, this is part of a traveling, um, like fair type uh, thing. So, so they, they set up shop in, in uh in the small part of town and uh and that's and during festivals the only time big people are allowed to go in the small part of town in Lakeshire and so that's the only time you've ever been there and also the only time you've ever seen these folks but you recognize them you you recognize at least two guys who are who are sort of traveling shopkeeps okay Vilnir, have you seen some ill omen <laughs> a shadow passed across your oh, your visage. did my expression drop uh yes uh bobby that half elf there, he's 
he was well known in Lakeshire, and we knew each other. We did not uh, see eye to eye, to put it politely. Um, however, of note, there are some uh, traveling shopkeepers, uh, you know, the kind that sell their wares at festivals and and uh, move about. Uh, so we may find some this, interesting this finds. Bobby, is he evil? Oh, I don't know that he's evil. I don't know that he's very nice either, but people seem to like him for some reason. Boy, that makes killing him a real questionable proposition then, morally speaking. (laughs) Stay your weapons for now. We shall hopefully not arrive there. So not evil, just a real son of a bitch. Bit of a prick, yeah. (laughs) Ooh, I think that's worse. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... People have called me a son of a bitch before. Nobody's called me a prick in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so uh, you also see some family members of people who are traveling. Uh, you see a lot of very stocky, stockier than normal dwarves that are that are walking with them. Probably like thirty or forty dwarves with giant giant arms. Uh, um, Ionis, you immediately recognize that these people are are masons, stone cutters. They have the look of of Monterran like guild members for sure. And that was going to be my question. What's my knowledge of the guilds? You know, you know that the Marauds are in charge of uh, the stone cutters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that the Marauds throw fabulous parties. <laughs> and you know that um, uh, whenever your family did any kind of major improvements to your your uh, uh, estate, that they that suddenly you were always sort of overwhelmed with kind guild members who were there doing doing the work on your estate. Yeah, uh, and and you don't recognize any of these people, but like no. They look like, you know, you've seen one one mason, you've seen them all kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, uh, gentlemen, these appear to be uh, guild members, stonecutter dwarves from the uh, stonecutters guild in uh, Montana. Well, a few of them I recognize. I see there and, and there. You can you can tell them by their by their build. Very stocky, hearty dwarves. Hey, let me point out this one prick to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, see that half-elf there? Yes, yes. His name's Bobby. He made Filnir go all dark and quiet. And you called him a prick. Not my words, believe it or not. We do not mention that in in our social circles in Montea. Those were those 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 are shall you say fighting words. I agree. And isn't being on the road educational. <laughs> <laughs> well, Filnir, uh, should we handle this problem for you? Uh, not, he said he's not oh, evil. Not not just, evil. Just oh, a prick. Oh, all right. They're usually synonymous, but all right. All right. If that's uh... Let us see what happens. Perhaps his travels have changed him, though I am skeptical. Gentlemen, come. Come join us. Walk with us. Probably the kind of guy that's always giving you backhanded compliments, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let Filnir do the talking with that one. I'm going to speak to this uh, interesting uh, cloaked dwarf and maybe take a look at some of these uh, merchants. Like, this is real nice tea for stuff that's made out of bark. <laughs> Can't stand people. Like Exotic bark. 
<laughs> All right. So so you're making your way. So uh so they definitely slow down as you approach. Um, but you know, it's a long caravan, people are still walking. It's it's a fairly like uh orderly line. Uh four or five people abreast, horses, wagons. You see, Phil, near uh, the two shopkeepers you kind of recognize, Blackjack Coigo and Corpus Balgraf. Uh, you see that they are the only two who are riding in wagons, uh, but and they're just riding in the backs of their wagons with their stuff, and they've got people who are sort of guiding them, um, and uh, and and everybody else is on is on foot, and you guys start getting close, and Phil near. Bobby sees you and his face lights up. He says, Filnir, goodness, I, I, I didn't think I would see you again, not with all the troubles. Filnir, man, let me see you. And he sort of steps back and he, and he touches your shoulders and he says, good God, man. You didn't get shoulders like that eating those cream puffs. What have you been up to? I should ask you the same question. Have you left your post? Oh, you know the life of a of a diplomat. Sending me here, sending me there. I was just in Montaire, and I was in the Cloud Sea. You would not believe how they treated us up there. I mean, if you thought, if you thought Hark City had the best seafood, you would not believe what they get to the top of the mountain. There's not even any water, man. How do they get it there? No one knows, but it's delicious. It's the best you've ever had. They do this thing with glaze, and I'm not going to tell you that it's exactly orange or it's exactly what that the water deep people do, but it's somehow even better and it's delicate. It's like have you ever had cod? No, of, of course not. So, it's a soft fish. And they have to add oil to it. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah, be well. It's delicious. It's. And I'm just going to anyway. walk over to one of the shopkeepers. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I want to hear the end of that. <laughs> well, I, uh, oh, Phil, near. I got bad news for you. <laughs> I think I could listen to this guy talk for hours. <laughs> Phil, near. Are these your friends? Humans, yes. human friends. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, sir. And he walks up to, to, to you, Abel. He says, good sir, I detect a bit in your voice of the southern southern Farin. Say this word for me. Say S-W-O-R-D. Can you say that? Oh, sorry. Can you read, sir? <laughs> Do you, Bobby. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> You want to hear me say sword? Oh, I know where you're from. Sword Coast. Sword Coast. Am I right? <laughs> it's been a long time. I've been here and there and everywhere, and I don't rightly remember where I'm from, but it's been so long since somebody paid attention to me like this. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, come walk with me. And how about your friend? Oh, goodness. You would not believe. Has anyone ever told you? That you look like the head of the Silverwind household. I mean, not as you know, not as strong, not as grand or noble, but I could definitely see a resemblance. Where are you from, sir? No, I'm, I'm a little confused. Uh, I've never heard of a Silverwind household in Montaire. <gasps> Wait, say that word again. Silverwind. No, sorry, the city. 
Montaire? Oh. Oh, you've spent some time in the Cloud Sea, haven't you? <laughs> Bobby, you would do well to mind your tongue. Sorry, Filner, is there something wrong? Well, wait, Filner, he was just about to guess. Feel free. This is my favorite part. Feel free, guess. But put on your manners, Bobby. Okay. He stands back, he walks around, he says, okay. Side profile. And I'm just like rubbing my hands together like a little kid. This is amazing. Sir, are you a maraud? <laughs> Perhaps. Keep guessing. Are you any relation? Are you in a relation to the Silhavines? Bobby, have you ever befriended a king? Oh, no, I suppose not. Well, <laughs> perhaps you should go back and get in line. <laughs> Wait. But, but you're dead. Am I? And I walk off. <laughs> Ionis, come this way. Let me show you something. All right. Ionis Silavi. We'll walk over to the shopkeepers. Uh, and I'm 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 gonna just do some little mild trimmers as he walks <laughs> Just mild little trimmers in the ground. And and Bobby just enough to send a little thrill up through your legs, you know. Yeah, so that works. And Bobby comes over to you, Abel, and puts his arm around you and says, You and I really must catch up. Uh do you know anything about what's happening in in, in Lakeshire? Oh, Bobby. Sometimes I think I know a lot. Sometimes I think I know a little. But either way, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to hang with Bobby? And, and, and the, the two of you are going to keep walking to talk to somebody else? I don't know what to say, Phil Near. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really say that out loud? <laughs> he's he's charmed. He's charmed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like he really looks at me like a whole person, you know? <laughs> I, I do. I do. I do, sir. Uh, it, it, you, you, you seem quite grand. All right, so these guys are talking uh, in the, in the mm -hmm. line with, with Abel. Where, where are you going, John uh, and Tim? What are you guys going yeah, to do? Yeah, did you want to go talk to the guy in the front first? I was gonna, yeah, I was going to talk to the guy in the front and see if we could learn, learn anything about the city or whatnot. Uh, Filnir, I'm going to have a talk with uh, the dwarf up front. Feel free to accompany me, but uh, I, it's, it seems like there are a number of uh, number of bubbles here in this caravan. Yes, I recognize these uh, traders. I might see if they have some materials that I have had difficulty finding, and would not we would not just happen upon. If you happen upon a bag that can hold way more than it looks like it can hold. <laughs> <laughs> I shall ask. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Diamond dust. See if you got you got any diamond dust. Uh, do, do you want to make a list for me, both of you, and I'll just do all the shopping. Well, I'll, I'll take I, I'll join you. Bobby, and, and Bobby interrupts. She says, "Oh, you're talking about Koigo and Balgruff. They're not going to sell you anything until we stop. They're going to set up like they always do, and then Galen's going to send his starburst up in the sky, and and." And when he does, it alerts people that we are here and we are open for business. And you would not believe the number of people on Robert's gift. I always heard it was an abandoned wasteland, and yet it is not. 
Robert's Gift is alive with passionate people who seem to have no understanding of what is coming in the not-too-distant future. These people think they're going to live their lives of freemen on the gift. They're all going to be slaughtered. It's so sad, but also beautiful. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, it's sort of like. Have you have you listened to the three movement opera? Quickly, (laughs) (laughs) Bobby. I believe what you're describing is tragic irony, and I would love to plumb its depths with you. So beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> so Tom Filner's going to walk back to Blackjack and Quago and not necessarily try to buy anything, but just catch up with them and be like, hey, yeah. I remember seeing you in Lakeshire, you know, cool. just build good spirits. Okay, do you, let's do let's do you after after John after John. Gets yeah, to I don't, talk I don't to, know uh, how much we have guy. to play that. I think obviously having heard that, Filner's going to know that he's not going to go shopping until they've set yep. up shop. Yep. But sounds good. I think in the meantime, just having familiar faces that he doesn't dislike, <laughs> he might just go yeah. <laughs> go chat with them. And I'll tell you what, I'll I'll let you roll a charisma check to get like one bit of information that you want from from them. I mean, what I want from them is not information, but I suppose I will think about that. But go ahead, let's All right. go ahead and do the other. And I will say, despite what I've said uh, with Bobby, I I definitely want to figure out as much as he knows, and happy to talk to him about anything about Lakeshire, but only stuff that yeah a traveler passing by would know. okay. You know, nothing about well, you're, the you're gonna, or trees you're, you're gonna or give Jesus him, of the orc You're going to give him or, little, a very, very little, right? But you're going to try to be plumbing yeah. it. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, oh, I've seen the fires from the distance. Yeah. yeah the fires. Yes. I, I left two years ago and, uh, you know, it's it's hard. I don't- and, and I heard rumors, dark rumors. Most people don't know this, but- I've heard it said that Gith roamed the countryside. Gith. Oh my goodness. So so Waterdeep and Neverwinter sent their underground armies. Is that what it is? This is yes. I think this is why I've been recalled to Lakeshire. I was very afraid to go back. Uh, you know, with the invasion being planned for so long, and I I I thought for sure it would have taken longer. I I is a dare out of the picture? Invasion, really? Yes. Well, that you know, they started removing all of the uh, citizen docents years ago uh, in preparation for for action against against Lakeshire. Well, then why would they be bringing you back instead of sending you home? Clearly, you're more valuable, you know, back back home than you would be in some kind of war zone. I, Look at you. That's that, that's why I think the war must be over. Well, you know what they say. <laughs> What's that? Every war must end. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. All right. Is that enough information? Do you uh do you do you want any more specifics about this? Um I mean, I think I would try to pump him for anything he knows about what the what the evasion would constitute or why he's who brought him back and what he okay suspects they're bringing him back for. at the end of this like what the post-invasion picture might look like according at to the him. end of this i'll let you roll a charisma check as well yeah. okay all right john so you're going to talk to the leader the, the the guide yes yeah um head up to the front um and say uh, my goodness it is good to see folks from montaire uh, it's, it's been so long um I, uh, I'm, I'm wondering why, 
Why are you this far south? Oh, well, I always, I always lead people where they need to go. I'm a, I'm a guide. So I'm, I'm, I'm not one of your Montaire dwarves. Oh, all right. Uh, the Montaire dwarves are back there. They're led by a very stern man named Dreed. He's a stone cutter, and, and from, what I have, from what I've learned, he is, he is not planning to return to Montaire. Uh, they're going to a job here in the south, and when the job is done, he plans to keep his family with him and, 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 and stay here in the Breen. Oh, really? But why, why leave such a grand city as Montaire? Well, I, I think there have been troubles there, uh, and, and he, is, he, is, he is tired of it. Uh, I, I think he's also what they call there a scab. Uh, oh, so he's been he's been in trouble one too many times with his guild for doing jobs cheaper than what is asked of him. Oh my! Well, if I if I go if I go speak to him, will I will I be in in, in any danger? I don't know. Are you a rock? <laughs> <laughs> well, well said, sir. Well said. Well, I, I'd like to know. Um, uh, you you seem not to be worried about traveling up to Montana back. What oh, have you heard? Nope. Uh, well, I wouldn't go on the three-way if my life depended on it. That's one thing I'll tell you. Uh, I never go into the city of Montaire. I always stay just to the south in the woods. And we leave, the caravan goes, uh, leaves from Montaire, heads down south to the Gilbrain Wilds, and then over to Adair City, and then to Hark, and then back up to Montaire. It's, uh, it takes us two years to do the full circuit. And I wouldn't trade my life for anything. Wow. You can't fence me in. Two years, you say? Very interesting. Did you did you say you would not go into the three-way? I would not go into the three-way. Not not now. In fact, we're we're contemplating uh have you met Bobby? Uh I I did briefly, uh, in passing. Bobby is uh interesting fella. He he he, he seems to think Hark is preparing an invasion of Montaire. An invasion of Montaire. Yes, I know they're supposed to be allies, but the way he says it, they they've been massing troops for years, and they're 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 heading up and taking over small encampments on the three way. Not a good place for traveling merchants, if you ask me. So the three way is filling up with hawk soldiers. Yes, that does sound like trouble. Um thank you. Can you tell me what sort of magic is this? I, I see that it's ah, dim here. Not magic at all. I'm a man of the stars. And during the day, I can't see the stars, so I bring them to me. You bring them to you? Is this so... You're connected to nature. Is this a, a druidic ability? Ah, not like the Gilbrain druids, if that's what you're asking. Uh, I'm, I have a direct connection to... To my gods in the sky. They don't talk to me exactly, but uh, they show me the way. Very interesting. You haven't come across us before. I never have. This is this uh, is new to me. There's a lot of us in the Gilbrain Wilds now. Uh, we were we were the. I mean, if you believe the stories, we were the priests of the Moonbrook Elves years and years and years ago. They. Uh, don't believe what you hear about the elves and the dwarves not getting along. We got along just fine. Yes, well, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't presume to know too much about that. I'm very interested in finding out 
about different cultures firsthand. So thank you very much for this bit of information. So you hail from the Gilbrain Wilds, that is, and you and you knew the Moonbrook Elves. Uh, yeah, I I look old, but uh, you know I'm I'm I was I was but a young lad when the Moonbrook Elves. Uh, I don't know the right way to say it. Dispersed, mostly into thin air. Into mostly into thin air. It's a nice way of saying it. Stars, stars say it that way. They were mostly opened up from their gut and bled out on the this ground where you you now walk. Mm, yes, I prefer your original way of saying it. Dispersed into thin air. Yes, 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 yes. Their essence, their stars, dust, back to the sky. And you do not? Uh, they are, are they coming back to the Gilbrain Wilds, or are they pretty much dispersed? Uh, you know, the old ones mostly in it air. Um, Some of the ones that fled, they go down there to Gilbrain. Some of them are hedge witches, thieves. You know, you do what you got to do. Understood. It is a shame what happened to that once great. Clan of elves. Well, people that look like you are the ones who did it. I... I mean, no offense to you. I know you're a human. No, no, it's it's no offense, but uh, I, I, I do know the... Uh, I do know our Mayad past. And, yes, uh, well... Becoming far more familiar with it now in... <laughs> in my older age. <laughs> um, so if I... If I explored the Gilbrain Wilds... What clan of beautiful dwarf, place? What clan beautiful of dwarf should I look for? What do, where, where do you hail from? What is your family lineage? Uh, is it is it too obtuse to say we come from the stars? Could I at least have a name? Your name? Oh, my name, Galen. Galen. Galen Starcrusher. Galen Starcrusher. Starcrusher. Yes. Yep. But it's because my whole family is in love with the stars. And so I would then look for the Star Crusher dwarves, or do you all have different monikers? We have a we have a we have a a a, a, a giant glass tube, and we can look through the tube and see the stars from the Gilbrain Wilds. There's no light out there. So we have a small tower out there. And we come and go from there uh, as we please. The nice thing is it's all connected. You know, we're all connected. That is, that's interesting that you say that. I uh, am actually researching um, teleportation circles. So as you say teleportation circles, he looks around and says, it's real flat here. Anybody want to take a break? And the shopkeepers who are back there talking to Phil near, Blackjack Coigo and uh, Corpus Balgriff, they immediately call up and say, yes, sir, we can make a sale. We can make a sale. And and so so he says, all right, let's stop here for the night. And you're only about half a mile past the temple and uh, and the things like you've been walking, but it's slow going. <laughs> uh, and so they start setting up uh, and um, and Galen says, um, I'm sorry. I really need to sit down and uh, contemplate the stars for a bit, if you don't mind. Uh, dwarves are back there. <laughs> they don't even pitch a tent. 
it's weird. I gave them one and all they do is put it down. Like they think it's some kind of just a, like a sleeping bag or something. They just lay down straight on top of the tent and they won't hear it. Uh, I got nothing bad to say about Montaran dwarves, but uh, you know, space available. You know what I'm talking about? He points up to his head. Yes. I, I think I, uh, I think I hear what you're saying. I'm going to run an insight check on this guy. All right. That's a 16. What are you insightful about? Uh, he seems he seems to have jumped away from the subject. Yeah. He has jumped away from the subject. He does not want to tell you about his family. He does not want to tell me about his family. Yep. Um, that is a true thing. Okay. Or teleportation circles. Or teleportation circles. Or teleportation circles. (laughs) Yes, for sure. He does not want to talk to you about teleportation circles. Um, I think from my last experience, I think I'll take the hint. And uh, I'll say, uh, listen, uh, Galen, it it was very nice meeting you. And um, hopefully one day uh, I will run into you again. I will let you know that I, I... I'm very interested in exploring this uh, entire island of ours, and I'd like to get to the Gilbrain Wilds at some at some point. So hopefully, I'll see you there. Absolutely beautiful. Make sure you bring an elf. Mm. And he reaches out his hand to to shake your hand. All right, I, I shake it. And when he grabs your hand, you feel him touching your little finger, and he sort of like his eyes open up kind of wide for a second, and then he just plays it off super cool. He says. All right. Best of luck to you, wizard. And you. All right. I'm going to send Saber after him. Okay. And then I'm going to walk toward Filmir. He is walking back toward the temple. Um, and, uh, and Filmir, you, uh, you've been getting the lowdown with, uh, Koigo and Balgriff. Um, these guys, uh, are really mostly regaling you with how uh, fucked up Hark City has become. Uh, okay. They have instituted a draft, and that has never been their style because all all men were forced to 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 join the Hark Army from the age of fourteen to eighteen, and then they were free forever after that. Right. So Hark traditionally had very few lifetime troops and everybody else was super young sort of footies. Right. And they have recently started calling them back up and, uh, Koigo in particular, he's an elf and he's in particular, he's like, yeah, man, we're never going back there. I'm never going to set foot in that city again. I wouldn't go there if I were you either. Well, I have no plans to go there at the moment. Should I be able to avoid it? Yeah. All right, and you can. I'll let you roll a charisma DC fifteen charisma check to get one bit of information that you would like to sure. from them about any topic. I mean, in, that they may have. My curiosity is peaked as a player, but Filner would have no reason to know it. But um, charisma, just a charisma check, right? Yep, straight charisma check. Uh, DC fifteen. I got a twelve. Okay. Oh wait, are you? Uh, I'm per- persuade. Are you, persuasion doesn't matter, does it? Or does it? Uh, persuasion, I get another, yeah, I'm proficient. So I get plus four more. So that would make it a sorry, 16. Yes, yes. 16. That, sorry. It's pers- persuasion. Um, so what's the bit of information you want to find out from them? 
I mean, as a player, I want to know why they have so many stone cutters. Um, <laughs> what's the lowest price they'll sell diamond dust for that's not what <laughs> Felnir wants to know um, <laughs> well and he's setting up and he's like uh, Filnir you want to do the uh, you want to play some of my card game that I play <laughs> what stakes you know you know that old card game <laughs> he's like you know yeah, the one I, mean, I he's, play <laughs> It, it, you know, it's, it's the one they named after him. His name is Koigo, but they call him Blackjack Koibo. Koigo. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a game to twenty one. It's basically blackjack in our in our world. Um, and uh, and he said, uh, he says, two out of three. I'll give you anything I have here, half price. You lose two out of three. I want. Four hundred gold. Those stakes are a bit too rich to uh, to put on the table. And he, he, and he opens up a chest and he says, "Revivify, jump, greater healing." Actually, I'm looking for something quite specific. Monteran wine, <laughs> genie in a bottle. I do know someone who might be interested in Monteran wine. She's not here at the moment. Galwinia? <laughs> no. <laughs> Lady, <laughs> Lady Cloudsack. Um, I didn't say that to him. <laughs> um, well, this may sound odd. Does he prefer I call him Blackjack or Cuerpo? Uh, Blackjack. He likes Blackjack. Blackjack. Do you have a gem with the eyeball of something undead within it. Shit, Vilnir. What, 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 what do you want about? It's for a friend. <laughs> and that friend is me. <laughs> <laughs> for your friend, Vilnir. <laughs> it's, it's for your friend, Vilnir. Me. <laughs> he says, um... I mean, Balgriff has that sort of thing. Uh, uh, yeah. Corpus. Corpus, over here. Over here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, what's up, Philly? Hey, Corpus. As I told Blackjack, I'm looking for a gem that has the eyeball of an undead encased within it. Do you have one of those? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to ask why. How about that? Um, Perfect. All right. Tell you what. Yes. But I'll tell you what else. 400 gold. 400 gold. Yeah. Well, uh, well, how much you want to pay for it? And he pulls out something. It doesn't look exactly like what you're, <laughs> what you're looking for, but you, you think it'll work. It's an emerald, and it's got like a... It, it, it's got something inside of it. It looks like it's like almost like a like a like a piece of ice that's in the shape of an eye. And he says, uh, uh, "Look, I got it from a from a necromancer, Gate Town necromancer." And you're saying you got it from a necromancer? Yeah. Hmm. And that's the only one you have. I, perfectly honest with you, I'm going to tell you the truth there. 
I don't know what it's worth. Well, I presume it would be worth less than a gem of the same make and size. Uh, because not many people want an eyeball in their jewelry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not much of a market, if you know what I'm 200. saying. 200. 200. I can live with 200. Okay. All right, so he sells it to you for 200 gold, and then Blackjack okay. says, double or nothing. 200 to me, I'll double your money if you beat me. Well, I'm also looking for holy water. Does either of you have holy water? Yeah. Blackjack has, has holy water. Blackjack basically has everything that you could want that's a liquid. He's got poison. Got <laughs> he's got he's got uh, uh, potions galore. Um, he's got holy water, or what he claims is holy water. How can you prove that this is in fact holy water? I mean, if you're a priest, you know. Well, then perhaps I should wait for my priest. All right. All right, so you guys uh, there. And maybe I'll I'll beckon over Abel and, and John to, or Ionis to uh, do their shopping. I will I will give introductions, explain who's got what. And Sam, you're talking to Bobby. You're going to get your persuasion check for with, with Bobby to right, get here, uh, one, one piece of information. Here's my persuasion check. 21. Okay. Nice. What's the what's the one bit of information you're hoping to get from from Bobby? Hmm. Well, what this, I'm trying to d- decide sort of what the limits of what counts as one piece of information are, but generally, sort of who who he expects is in charge, and okay. and how they plan to stay in charge. Right? Okay. Yeah. So he thinks Om is definitely in charge. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that Om uh, probably sent in some of their cloaked wizards to take over. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't think that they would have killed halflings, but they probably would have killed off some of the local uh, army folks, uh, you know, representatives from Adair and Hark. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he doesn't really know what he's getting into when he gets back, but he assumes that the war is over. And that Omn has fully taken over uh, Lakeshire with Waterdeep. Oh, okay. And does he know who he would expect to be in charge of that? Uh, he thinks like, who's he reporting to? It, it's he thinks it's his. It, he thinks it's the it's the Omnian diplomat who's been there for fifteen years or so. Um, okay. His name is Carrie. His last name is Carrie. Okay, but he knows. But he thinks it would have to be. He thinks Waterdeep would have to be helping him out. He thinks Waterdeep would have to be helping them out. Yeah. The the information okay. about the gift makes him made him made him assume Waterdeep was uh, had mm. for, had formalized a treaty uh, and uh, and uh, you know basically an aggression pact with with uh, with Omn uh, to normalize the Ladybone trade. Okay, all right. Hey, Filnir, don't waste your money on that. I can make any water holy water. 
You have the materials. Or is do you that need true? Me to purchase those? I don't know. <laughs> I think you need some silver. I think it's a. It's like. I mean, it's... let me just say, I know Abel thinks he can do it. <laughs> yeah, holy water. I think takes it's a hundred gold worth of um, uh, silver or gold dust. I think, or no, silver and iron, powdered silver and iron, worth at least a hundred gold, and then water, and then and then water, and then water. Yeah. Right. So that's how you make, that's like, those are the materials to make holy water, or I can just have holy water. That's what I would need for magic circle. Yeah, ordinarily I would reach my hand to the heavens and then a booming voice call on Tempest's blessing and then infuse it with lightning and shove the lightning into the water uh, itself. But that may not be what you're looking for, you know? I don't know what, what you got planned. Boy, them dwarves loved it, though. <laughs> Perhaps you should make him some holy water to sell, Abel. Yeah, I'll, I'll put on I'll, a show. I'll buy some holy water off you. We're setting up. We'll be here all night, probably. Uh, yeah, when, whenever Galen says stop, that's when we stop. I don't know. That seems like a a perversion of Tempest's blessings. So, sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> fifty gold. I'll give you fifty gold for. Uh, for uh, for a, for a thing of holy water, I'll even give you. I'll even give you the components. For, a, for a, I call it lightning in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait! I've got everything I need except the water. With electrolytes, <laughs> <laughs> it's got what dwarves crave. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Balgriff is there. Balgriff is also he's he says, uh, I I also have things things to sell. I have plenty of things here. Uh, have you smelled this before? And he like half opens up the thing, and it's just like an awful, awful smell coming out of it. He says, "It's called a perfume of bewitching." <laughs> and other things also. <laughs> I hear forty percent of the time. <laughs> It works every time. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Sex Panther. I don't have that. <laughs> if uh, if I'm over there, I'd like to go over to Balgriff. All right, yeah. And, and uh, I'll just say, uh, no, do you have do you have a bag that might be able to hold more than it seems it can hold? Uh. I mean, not really for sale, though. What do you mean, not for sale? Uh, you think I get all my good stuff here on the wagon? Uh, like, I got, I got armor, baby. I got, I got things to sell. And uh, a bag of holding is not a, it's not something I'm going to part with easily. What about a handy haversack? Uh, Handy Haversack. Never heard of him. <laughs> Where is he from? It's just a smaller version of a bag of holding. Oh, uh, nope. All I have is this here bag of holding, which has all my armors in it. I'm going to sell these to Adair. What about a purse of plenty? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's like a Handy Haversack, but even smaller. <laughs> Copious coin purse. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are messing with me now. Come on now. 
Yes, just a bit. I will roll if you're looking for magic items. I can tell you he's got one weapon that's magic. What about a pouch of plethoras? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will. Okay, look, I will give you a. I will give you a ten percent chance that he, ha- that he has a that he has a uh, a, a pouch of plethoras. <laughs> um, roll, John. Roll me a, a D one hundred, and and if you get. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. He's got one, and if not, I will roll on a minor magic table to tell you what he offers you instead. Okay, so one through ten. One oh, through Jonas, 10. I forgot to ask if anybody has any money. Uh, I have. Uh, we have. We have a little bit. Yeah, and, they uh, found some gold. I'll, I'll hand him. I don't, uh, I don't. I don't have any. I'll hand. I'll hand Abel his share, four hundred gold. Wait, I was gonna say. Wait, I've got. I've got fifty gold on my. Oh yeah, no, we here. we got some more from um while you were sleeping. Yeah, there there was some in the uh, in the actual hut that we found. So while I was sleeping, huh? <laughs> and, while you were sleeping. And Tim, for for the two hundred gold uh, for that item, yeah. uh, you also get any comp- spell components that don't cost money. They have okay. everything, everything that goes for you too, John. Anything that doesn't cost money. Uh, you 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 get for Tim's two hundred gold that he paid for the uh the oh awesome I have one iron. more thing I want to ask about but John okay. can finish first okay yeah, let me let me roll this thing here real quick ah forty seven okay uh, uh roll me a d twenty d twenty fifteen ooh okay I'm gonna give you a choice. He, he pulls out two things and he says, uh, uh, this, it's like a very common looking padlock. He says, this here cannot be picked. It, it is a, it is a magical lock and it's constantly changing the key that fits it, except this key. And he holds up a key says, this key always fits it. But then this key, and he holds up another key says, this key works only exactly one day after you last lock it and it lasts for a day and then it never works again all right kind of a backup key uh no uh i've heard people use it for tricking other people letting them go in making them think you know it's their lock having them fill the the fill a chest and then the key doesn't work anymore. Mm. Interesting. And the other thing here, this is a horn. And you, you blow this horn. And you can make anybody who, uh, who, who you want to hear it, hear it. But nobody else. And that's all. It's a pretty big deal. It works about 600 feet away. And only I, whoever I want to hear it will hear it. One person, yeah. You get to choose who it is. All right. Sounds like something I can do with my religion. Anyway, how much? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the pair of them, 100 gold. How about this? And I pull out my yu wand from the... Wizard. Oh. 
that I killed. I said, this came from a very powerful wizard here on this island. I won it from her. It can be yours. Okay. Uh, roll your... I'm going to give you deception. Does that sound right for this? I mean, you did kill her. I did kill her. That's, that's, I'm not deceiving him. I want to trade. Okay. Well, he's going to do an insight check on you here. I can do persuasion. Eh, let's do <laughs> deception. Okay. I'll do deception. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to use a luck point. Okay. For the podcast listeners, he rolled a natural one. A natural one. That was a natural one. Yeah. Indeed. Natural one. Deception. It's not my best. All right. 16. Okay. So he doesn't think it's worth as much as these things. He says, okay, the wand plus 90 gold. 90 gold? How about the wand and 50 gold? How about the wand and 70 gold? Deal. All right. All right, so you got a horn of silent alarm and a lock of trickery. Nice, nice. All right. And uh, Sam and Phil near, I mean, Sam and uh, Tim, you guys have things you want to buy? I ain't never had money before. I don't know what you can <laughs> buy with it. <laughs> Uh, he did mention Blackjack Koigo looks at you and says, I want to make a lot more money. I could show you this game. <laughs> that I know. <laughs> and I know never play it with anybody who asks. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that guy over there, Dreed, he's uh he he's up 300 gold on me. Mm. Yeah, but, how well do you know that, Dreed? Uh, just just this leg so far, the last two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then Galen, he likes to play, uh, but I think he cheats. Uh, he he's up he's up fifty gold, but at one point I was up eight hundred on him. Well, I, I can't imagine that that, that uh, this little bit of gold I got's enough to buy any kind of special uh, weapons or armor. Uh, and and uh, Corpus Balgriff says, um, "Well, I I do have I do have one thing, um, but you you probably don't use war hammers. No, oh, not unless I can avoid it. Yeah, well." That's what I have. I have a Warhammer. Um, it's fine quality. Uh, and he he pulls out this, uh, you know, it's a small bag, and he reaches his hand in. He reaches his arm way, 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 way in, and he pulls out a, uh, it's a nice looking Warhammer. Um, uh, it is a it is a plus two Warhammer. Ooh, and uh, and he says. Honestly, uh, I just can't let this go for any less than 2,000 gold. <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand. Hey, how much for that potion of Revivify? Oh, that, uh, that seems like a lot more likely to be needed by me in the near three, future. That's, 
uh, and that's uh, that's blackjack. That's four hundred gold. Oh, now come on. What do you want from me? I mean, for four hundred. This brings gold you back from the dead of diamonds. I could cast it myself. Well, how do you think we make it? <laughs> Didn't you need diamond dust, Abel? Do they have any? Yeah, you got any diamond dust? That I have. And uh, and he says, uh, you know, this is just standard price. I'm not ripping you off. You're not ripping me off. Uh, 200 gold. For 200 gold worth of diamond dust. Yeah. For 150, for, for 150 gold worth of diamond that's, dust. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I, I think now this may be sort of a philosophical D&D question. But, you know, it says diamond dust worth 100 gold. That means if I pay 100 gold for it, however much diamond dust it is, it's it worth should 100. work for the spell, right? <laughs> that You know, maybe so. Maybe because so. it is 100 gold worth of diamond worth, dust. Uh, fine, fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He has 200 gold worth of 200 gold worth of diamond dust. Sure. <laughs> so uh, that's no, just No, it's a only VS your... diamond dust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. VS. <laughs> Whatever. I don't remember any of those rankings anymore. Uh, yeah, you got it. If you want to pay oh. 200 gold for 200 gold worth of diamond dust, you got it. Uh, I will pay 100 gold for 100 gold worth of diamond dust. Okay. He gives you a small pinch. and It's 100 gold worth. Wait, you have to say it to the heavens. Do you accept this? <laughs> For a hundred gold, say this this diamond dust is one hundred gold worth of diamond dust. <laughs> and say it loud does. enough that Tempest can hear you. <laughs> and he does. He does. Corpus, do you have a ring that can store spells? Nah. <laughs> no, I do not. Fair enough. Figured it was off chance. But you know what? I can tell you're on a quest. My guess is, next time you come across me, I might just have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Assuming you uh, make it back from the Ryan Mighty in one piece. (laughs) Should we be worried about the Ryan Mighty? You gotta go in the forest. A lot of hark in the forest. And they are not letting people through. Now, I didn't ask, I never did ask a question um, with that role yep. that I gave, right? You just told me some stuff about Hark. Yeah. But Give me, if I still have a question, yeah, be. I'll ask, on your travels, did you happen to see any teleportation circles? Well, you know, that's how we used to get around. It is. Yeah. You know, we don't, we didn't actually uh, go over land so much. Uh, and what? Galen got spooked about a year ago, and he hadn't been willing to go through a teleportation circle since then. And which circle was that? Well, it, it was when we went from uh, Lakeshire, the last time we were there, straight over to Adair. And it was weird because it felt like we got stuck in that thing. But yes, I've I've heard rumors. 
but but it was weird because we came out, we were all fine, but Galen looked like he'd aged about 15 years. How odd. Do you... I've heard rumors of that happening to someone else. Do you remember the the runes around those circles, Adair and Lakeshire? Well, let's see. So you know how those things work, yeah? I have a vague notion. I know they have I know unique names. I know the lady uh I know the lady in Lakeshire. She owns a bar in uh in the little town. Bars called the Seafoam Inn. And uh I couldn't tell you what the what the what the runes were. I I don't I'm just not attuned to that sort of thing. Um, and I just yell, Seafoam, that's on the scroll, Phil Near. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? The, the menu scroll? I'm sorry, I mean, uh, yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he says, he says, and in a dare, we were in another, uh, it's, it's another temple, but it's, uh, it's an old Moonbrook elf temple, and um, Galen's family's in charge of it. So we should go talk to Galen. I wouldn't do that if I were you. He's real spooked about it, man. Fair enough. He thinks there are contrail criminals looking for him. Contrail criminals? Contrails. That's what that's what the dwarves call, call the the paths, the linkages between the the teleportation circles. Contrails. Uh huh. He he he, well, he thinks he's he's wanted for I don't know traveling too many times or I, I I don't know I don't know what he thinks. But he 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 won't go he won't go through them anymore. And now we're doing this damn circle. We're walking everywhere, taking horses. It's not good for business. I imagine it slows down the commerce quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. All right, well, thank you for that. Best of luck. Appreciate it. As uh, Jonas finishes his business, um, he he wants to walk towards uh, Dreed if he can. But uh, as he's leaving, he says, uh, any spell scrolls? Negatory. All right, all right. <laughs> keeps walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always have to check. So as you walk over to where Dreed is, uh, the dwarves have, in fact, even though it's midday, they have laid down their their uh, their tents on the ground and they have just laid down on top of them to rest. <laughs> they don't get it. Um, and uh, and Dreed is a tall dwarf and he lay he's laying down and when you approach he looks up and says Githrin Stonecutter's gonna pay good money to the person who tells him you're still alive Silhavind and thus ends episode 42 <laughs> of the Dungeon Dads podcast. Every war must end. 
Uh, just when I'm going to find out some info. I should have gone to Dream first. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, like, I like this connection here. The stone-coated dwarves. Oh, yep. yeah. Sweet. They're happening, man. <laughs> they're, ha- they're, happening. <laughs> they're all going somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. I'm a little nervous about what Tom's going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, believe I'll, it. I was wondering if this was one of those things you work together on, but I suppose we should get to the bonus episode for that. Oh uh, yeah, we'll go to the bonus episode. Uh, very little collusion, but some collusion. I'll give you. I'll give you that much. <laughs> Maybe little, not enough collusion. <laughs> perhaps not enough collusion. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks for coming back, Sam. Welcome back. Hey. hey. Uh, Big happenings this episode and big happenings next episode. Yeah, man. When Mr. Yeah. Percy I mean, we met arrives. Bobby this episode. That's huge. <laughs> oh, Bobby. He was like your best friend, except you haven't had one of those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'll, I will always remember this episode. <laughs> As the episode where I met Bobby. 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 Bobby I'm McGee. hoping. I'm hoping that Bobby stays with you for a while i think i think you might have a lot of reasons we'll get bobby and uh willem yeah, right. yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> i will tell you one big secret bobby does speak under common <laughs> not sure it's worth it really not sure it's worth it anyway thanks for listening everybody yeah. don't forget to follow us on twitter dungeon dads pod um Check our Facebook page. We have a Reddit subreddit that people use. Uh, and then our Patreon, of course, patreon.com slash Dungeon Dads. You get Discord access, which is really fast, really chatty, conversational place to chat with us and our other fans. Um, and all sorts of bonus episodes like the one we're about to record. Yeah. And everybody, please give us those uh, five subscribes. We haven't been making a push for them recently. And uh, it's really helpful to us in getting the word out about the show. So, And we like reading them. It makes yeah, us feel good. That's true. It that's does. true. Really They're really nice. Good. <laughs> and if we're making you feel good right now and you want a chance to make us feel good, that's how you do it. Because we read them all. And if you say yeah. nice things about us, it warms the cockles of our heart. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and also on Patreon we got a whole another campaign called Mountain City Mayhem, where good. Uh, you can hear about the uh, origins of the Stone Cutter Dwarves. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, I thought you were about to say orgies, and then I. Yeah. You can hear about the many orgies of the Stone Cutter Dwarves. <laughs> That's all that campaign is, man. It is wild. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Indeed. All Hit right. Hit the Patreon. Give us those five. Tell a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Let them know about it. Toodaloo. Toodaloo, everybody. Toodaloo, everybody.